guys. So <laughs> you know what time it is. It is time for Fit with Viv and Kate. <gasps> Good morning, guys. We're feeling amped up today. Katie's got her coffee, and I have my sparkling ice caffeine drink. We're wired. Not sponsored. Yeah, we're not sponsored, but we should be. Starbucks and sparkling ice <clears throat> plug. But all right, guys. So today we're talking about dun, da, 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 procrastination, which I think is something that literally all of us are guilty of if we have a beating heart, because I feel like there's just it's so easy to procrastinate in today's day and age especially with social media especially with things that are so instantly at our fingertips so if we have something difficult like homework or work that we have to do but we can just you know open our phone and scroll so much easier to do that right yeah I think there's a time and a place for procrastination like sometimes you gotta procrastinate it's just the way it is but I think today we'll talk about kind of why we think people procrastinate and then why we procrastinate specifically because I know I talk about all about my plans and my routines but I'm definitely guilty of still procrastinating so hopefully we'll give some tips and tricks today to get out of that. All right so we're gonna start off with just talking about why do we think us humans procrastinate in general like what is a reason that it is so easy for us to put things off for short-term pleasure so I mean Katie I know you did we were, we were planning this episode and I know you're doing a little bit of research because I know for you you really don't procrastinate much anymore but I I know that you know you've seen it in your life and you've you've procrastinated previously, but I'm curious what you had found both in your life, but also just like researching about human psychology. Why do we procrastinate? So I think there's two sides of it. I think there's like surface level procrastination, which is very much like you just don't like the task, right? They call it task aversion. So if it's something you just generally really don't want to do, you're most likely going to procrastinate it. And I think that makes sense for most people, right? If you don't like to take the trash out, you're going to put it off as long as possible. It's kind of that same thing we always talk about, the pain pleasure principle. Like if it's going to give us pain, we're going to avoid it. So I think that's the most surface level. And then I think if you really think about yourself and human nature, I think a lot of procrastination can come from like fear of failure or like a perfectionist mindset, you know, if you put it off and you procrastinate, the likelihood of your failure gets postponed, right? So if you, you kind of always think you're going to fail at something, you're not going to want to even start. So I think those are the two things that I found when I was researching that were the most common. Did you relate to any of those? Yeah, I think my procrastination is always task aversion. I have a really easy time doing what I want to do when I want to do it like that is completely fine but I would say like like we talked about last week with chores I don't like to do laundry so I definitely procrastinate that or like in school I would say college was the last time I really heavily procrastinated writing papers not my jam I'd put that stuff off for as long as possible but I think it gets tricky because when you procrastinate 
like we all know you have to do it eventually, right? So when you procrastinate and when you procrastinate against an actual deadline, you end up putting yourself in a worse position because let's say I have to write a 10 page paper and I procrastinated until the last two hours. It's now going to be even worse, right? Cause you only have a short amount of time to do something that you could have given yourself weeks to do. Um, but yeah, I would say task aversion is the one I typically, um, fall into. How about you? Well, actually, I have a question about your uh, the yeah. paper thing because I totally understand that. But the thing is, I think we all know that, you know, it's not good to wait till the last minute to do things, especially if it's like, um, you know, exams and, and writing papers and doing it last minute. It's just going to cause us more stress. But I think we all know that, yet I still think we all do that. And I... I feel like it's because you know that, yeah, I mean, I probably shouldn't procrastinate, but you also know that because you have a deadline, Mm -hmm. you are going to force yourself to do it sometime, right? And I think, um, I know for me, and maybe applicable to you too in college, I'd be like, I mean, yeah, I know I'm going to be hella stressed, but I know that I'm going to get it done. And that was justification for procrastinating pretty much everything because you knew, like you knew there was you absolutely were going to make it happen. So why do it now? Right? Yeah, I think that's a good point. But I actually do think deadlines, deadlines are like good and bad, right? You have deadlines, you know, you have to meet. So eventually you're going to get your task done. But if your deadline is like six weeks away, you're absolutely going to procrastinate because who's going to take the full six weeks to do what they need to do. So I think it is interesting because I, I posted on my Instagram and asked you guys, why do you procrastinate? And a lot of people said, you know, I like that pressure of deadlines. I like getting down to the last minute and that pressure pushes me to perform. Yeah. So I think when you have that deadline, it does, yes, you're going to procrastinate, but you're also possibly going to perform better if that's kind of the way your brain functions. So yeah, I had a lot of comments of like, oh, I love the thrill, the thrill of meeting the deadline. Yeah. So that's interesting. And you know, when we were talking about how like people you know, after they go on a night of binge drinking, they feel like shit. And for you, that's a really great reminder and teacher of, hey, okay, don't binge drink. But other people will, like, the pain will be like, shit, I'll never drink again. But the next weekend they're like, yeah, I'm going to do yeah. it. And I think it's a similar kind of high that uh, us humans tend to chase when we're in that cycle, whatever it may be, where it, we're just so used to, like, high highs and low lows that it's kind of the norm and what we seek because if we were to you know do our task little by little each day it's not as exciting Mm -hmm. right I mean doing like 10 minutes to your paper each day it just doesn't sound as glamorous it doesn't sound as exciting as I want to say fun and so I feel like it's even less of a motivator to you know do 10 minutes of something that you know you should eventually um, over a long period of time. I feel like that just sounds less sexy. Well, especially if you don't like the task, how the hell are you going to do it every single day, right? Like a paper, I'm not going to write a sentence of a paper a day. I'm absolutely going to cram it out at the last second. And someone on my Instagram even put, um, if you do it last second, it only takes one second. So like you're pushing it until the limited amount of time. And then, you know, you, you saved yourself from that pain for that much longer, which is interesting. That could get you in trouble, I think, but oh, if yeah, that's how you operate, sure. cool. Well, I think that that's just how people are used to operating. Like they just don't really, they've never tried the other way. So, okay. With laundry, do you have a laundry day? Like how do you get yeah. yourself? Okay. 
So you have a laundry day. Mm-hmm. What's your laundry day? Sunday. Okay. So you always do your laundry on Sunday. Do you have a time? No. I mean, I do all my chores Sunday. Sunday is my day of like grocery shop, go to the gym, meal prep, do laundry, dust. Like everything I hate, I do on Sunday. Okay. That is huge because right there you have an actual deadline that mm-hmm. you set for yourself to actually do it. So I know for D, he does our laundry on Saturday mornings and he hates laundry too, but he has it in a schedule so that no matter what, it's not something you have to think about because when you have to think about when you're going to do it or when you feel like doing it, you're never going to feel like doing it. You're just going to keep putting it off. And I think why you're successful in doing laundry and doing your chores, even though you don't like it is because you have a day that you always, no matter what, do those chores, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I never thought of it as a deadline, but that's a really good point. I think it's just one of those things. Like if I put it on my schedule because of the way I am, I know I'm going to do it. I don't even let myself out of it. So yeah, I think, I think deadline is a really good part of this conversation. And then I actually read something else that I actually would love your opinion on. And it's kind of that fear of failure side, which I think you've related to, but it's something called self-handicapping. So people will procrastinate to put barriers in their own way. So at the end, if they end up failing, they can blame it on X, Y, Z. They can say, oh, but I didn't start it till the last minute. Oh, but something came up. Oh, this, that, and the other thing. So how do you relate to that? Or what would you say to those people? Oh my God. Yes. So as a, um, solo entrepreneur, like as a business owner, I mean, if you're listening to this and you own your own business, I'm sure you can relate because the fear of failure when you are running your own business, when it is all on you, oh my God, it can be so terrifying, right? Because you you feel like you identify with the business, especially if you are the product. Like, I feel like it would feel different if I was maybe selling a water bottle Mm -hmm. because I am not the water bottle. Like if I'm, I have a water bottle company and it has a different name and it, the website is just water bottles. Like I don't feel as identified, but Viv's gym is Viv. It's me. It's my face. It's my personality that I'm marketing because I want clients to know who they're potentially going to work with. So like a lot of it feels like, I feel like the more we identify with something, the more stress it puts on us. And so I definitely can identify with that procrastinating, doing a ton of things out of fear of failure. I mean, even for the longest time, I want, I've been wanting to create a subscription program, an app, um, where I can serve more people at a low cost price. Cause what I do right now is very one-on-one personalized coaching, but I want to be able to serve a greater population that maybe doesn't necessarily want or need super individualized accountability, but rather just something to follow. And I know that is something that I have procrastinated on. So I'm so glad that we're talking about this because it's actually really, really relevant for me in my current life. And so actually one of the things that I realized I was telling myself that was stopping me from even starting to, you know, even begin to create this app and subscription program is that I wanted all of the video exercises to be me explaining them and doing them because a lot of the video tutorials I use now are other people explaining mm-hmm. and doing them. And I wanted all of the videos to be of me. And that was such an easy way to procrastinate because there's literally a million and one exercises that I need to film and 
write a description for and voice record. And so I will tell you that I literally procrastinated that for months. And one of the only ways I was able to actually get myself to do it was I hired a virtual assistant. And so her task was to write down the descriptions for the exercises that I was going to be filming. And we were going to do eight exercises a week so that every single week I had to record and make sure all the exercises were ready to go when I collaborated with her and having someone else there to keep you accountable is so, so huge. Um, because I know for me, like I just noticed, okay, well I'm sitting here and I'm not doing it. Like I'm, I'm not setting myself a deadline and having that deadline, especially with another human being, that social accountability was super helpful for me and really motivated me to start filming and getting in the habit of that because it's really initially just starting that and then you realize okay this isn't so bad it's with any habit like nobody likes it but once you do it more and more you realize okay it's not the worst thing in the world like I do it every week I'm gonna get it done right but definitely that fear of failure in so many regards I still deal with it and really what I've learned and this is just my own technique because there's a lot of methods that you can use to get out of your own way. You know, that scheduling, that hiring a coach, hiring somebody else, um, writing it down when you're actually going to do it, whatever, just forcing yourself, right? Um, telling other people. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways that we can hold ourselves accountable in the face of, you know, that fear of failure. The way I am approaching it is by rewiring my thoughts this takes much longer well I don't want to say it takes longer but for me in this current moment where I'm at in my evolution um I don't think I've ever talked about this but I am working daily towards what they call enlightenment now I don't know (laughs) if I'll ever reach that not in I don't know about in this lifetime but I am teaching myself how to make everything in my life neutral. So nothing is good and nothing is bad. And so I've been slowly teaching myself that. And when I do that, because nothing is good and nothing is bad, there is also no, no such thing as success and there is no such thing as failure. So I, but I know what I want to do. And so taking the meaning and the emotion out of things is very helpful so that I have, I don't have that resistance or those thoughts that would say, oh my gosh, well, what if you fail or what if no one buys it? Because then in my mind, it doesn't matter. It's not good or bad. Um, Now this is, I don't know if I'd recommend this for you because I will say that the way that society motivates us to do things is by making things good, bad, um, like if I, if I tell you that if you do this, it means you fail, then I can basically control you and control your actions because now you're scared to fail. Uh, it's very powerful when everything is neutral, nothing's good or bad. There's no success or failure. And so it's funny because I now like in society's eyes, more money, more income, more clients is better, right? A lot of fitness business coaches will message me and be like, well, don't you want to build your business and more more clients? And I've really made it in my head that uh, I don't actually think more clients or more money is either good or bad. So when I read these messages, I don't feel any 
emotion of like, oh my gosh, like I need to make money and be successful uh, because I know what feels right for me. And that doesn't mean it feels good or bad. It just feels, how I can best describe it is it's a calm feeling. Like what we're doing right now in our podcast, I feel very calm. When I talk, nothing that I'm saying registers as good or bad. It just feels what is right to my soul and intuition. That was a very long, I like <laughs> totally went off and very much went on a tangent. But yeah, I don't know where you want to go no, there were, here. There were some really good nuggets in there. First, I'll comment on your your enlightenment. I'm incredibly impressed by that. And I do not think I would ever get close to that. Um, but what I, what I think that does for you specifically is it allows you to be so in tune, especially with your clients. You can genuinely be in the moment with them without saying, Oh, I need her to do this and this so that more clients come to me and more clients do this. And I make more money. Like you're getting rid of external factors and you're living in the now and you're doing the whole, it is what it is kind of thing. And I, I think that's very incredible. But the couple of things that I was thinking about in terms of tips and tricks that you just talked about, um, I think accountability is incredibly important and something I didn't really think about with procrastination, but I think it does link in really well. So at work, we have to come up with goals. And at the end of every year, we're like rated against our goals, X, Y, Z. That's kind of how our bonuses are tied to. Like we're very driven against these goals. Um, but what I used to hate them, I used to hate them because it would tie me to very specific deliverables, specific deadlines, what I had to get done. And sometimes I felt like I was put in this little box and what I was doing day to day wasn't laddering into that. And I was having a really hard time, um, like thinking I would reach those goals. Um, but what I ended up realizing is like when you verbalize it to someone else and you say, this is what I'm going to accomplish this year, you've said it out loud. You have someone else tracking against that with you. Now you have no reason because even more so at the end of the year, if you don't meet that goal, you've not only let yourself down, you've let somebody else down and you've dropped the ball on expectations all around. So that's a little aggressive, but I think having someone there to hold you accountable will help with your procrastination. So if you're someone that has like all of these mental to-do lists and all these mental things, I would say, write it down, tell somebody, and you're more likely to get it done. I mean, that's why a lot of people hire me, right? Or a fitness coach in yeah. general is because they know that if they do it themselves or like keep trying to do it on their own, they're just going to put shit off. Like they're just not going to do it. They're, they're not going to hold themselves accountable to actually like, take the steps, go to the gym, um, start eating healthier, you know, do the habits that they know are going to benefit them. But when you both invest financially and also have that social accountability, like, you know, someone's watching what you do and having certain expectations of what it is that you're going to do, it makes you so much more likely to actually do it. And I know a lot of people who don't ever end up asking for help in any way when it comes to fitness, like usually, um, like 20s and 30s, like they'll often try it on their own. Um, and a lot of people, I, I'd say like 5, 10, per, 10% will be really successful and do it on their own because they just really are driven. And then the other percentage, um, they'll keep trying and like doing it on their own. And But what really motivates them is having that accountability from someone else and like those expectations. And with that being said so then like it's now they're 40 and 50 and they're at a worse place off because they're just procrastinating 
getting their health together. Um, and it's kind of like why there's more employees than there are business owners because people like to have mm. people like to have things to be told what to do rather than having to be like, oh my gosh, so like now I have to completely figure out this all of this on my own. Like if you are an employee, there's so much benefit to that because there's a lot of stress that you don't have. There's a lot of decisions that you don't have to overthink or make. You're just like, okay, here's like your general to do and you know exactly what to do. And most people like that. It's the same with their fitness. It's like much easier to just tell a coach who has the knowledge like, hey, these are the things that I want to do. But like, I know that just trying to keep myself accountable to that every day is it's really challenging, especially when you have a busy, stressful life. And like, there's just so many other things that maybe you need to think about. Yeah. I think everyone always asks me, why did you end up reaching out to Viv? Why did you end up getting a coach when you did? Um, and for me, and I actually think this will be interesting to talk about too. It's that phrase of like rock bottom. A lot of people procrastinate until they hit absolute rock bottom. And personally, that's where I was and why I got a coach. And that's, I think, unfortunately, what happens to a lot of people is they have to wait until they're in just a really shit position to make change. So are a lot of your clients like that? Do you see that a lot in your day-to-day life? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Absolutely. I would say 90% of them are in a place where they're like, I can't keep doing this. Um, but the more in like a rock bottom they are usually the better they do. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, do I wish that they didn't need to hit rock bottom? Honestly, I think it's helpful because some of the people who make the most transformation have hit rock bottom. They've literally been through hell and back and they have this toughness that allows them to get through whatever, but truly like if you've known privileged children who have had everything handed to them and they didn't have to work for what they were given and they weren't taught the skills, like if their parents were intelligent and wealthy and hardworking, but they did not teach their kids those principles of how to do it and instead just handed them things. Um, usually those are the people that struggle the most in life because they have no actual life skills. They have the resources in terms of like financials, Um, but otherwise they don't actually have any life skills that help them. So I find that rock bottom actually gives people this mental and physical toughness that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, and honestly, those are more often than not my all time favorite clients to work with because their drive and motivation to change and to do whatever it takes is it's amazing. It's beautiful. I think it's interesting though, because what I hear from a lot of people and somebody actually put this on Instagram was I procrastinate cause there's too much work. But then when I decide to start working on something now I'm freaked out cause all that work piled up and too much work became way too much work and all this stuff. So when yeah. I think about rock bottom, it's like, okay, I'm in a bad place. I'm in a really bad place. Shit. Now I'm at rock bottom. You have so much further to climb out and so much more work to do. But I think to your point, sometimes that, that motivates people. So it's like this weird give because you, you want to stop that work in the beginning, but some people have to wait until it just buries them. Yeah. It absolutely depends on the person. Uh, Some people hit rock bottom and then it's over. Like they're just, they go into literally all the worst habits 
like they either can't cope with the stress, so they'll either turn to, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever they need to just satiate their mind, or instead what'll happen is that they'll get so sick of their own shit that they'll they're they'll literally feel like they're forced to change and it'll actually motivate them to do better. So some people will just go I mean, they're hit rock bottom and they just stay there. And then some people are like, well, this is the absolute worst that I could ever experience. So, I mean, you know, might as well try anything from here because they don't fear failure anymore because they literally are at what failure would be. Awesome. So I think that was a really good conversation around why we think people procrastinate and why we procrastinate. I think there's just a couple of tips we want you all to take away and hopefully you can implement into your own lives. I think the first one we talked about is setting deadlines, creating deadlines that are absolutely non-negotiable for yourself and whatever you're trying to accomplish so that you know exactly when you need to get it done. The second is obviously accountability. We're huge fans. I'm a huge fan. I got a coach for accountability. I know Viv puts that into her life every single day. So whether it's a friend, it's a coach, it's a parent, it's somebody that you tell your situation to so that you have someone um, right along with you on the journey. I also think if you're paying money for something um, and you're financially accountable, that's just like one other level of accountability that's going to help you not procrastinate and going to help you ultimately reach your goals. And then I think the third one we really want to push is breaking down really large, seemingly unattainable tasks into small chunks and then giving yourself either a reward after every little chunk you accomplish or if it's um, setting specific smaller timelines within a giant timeline, I think that will help you guys as well. So those are kind of the three tips we have for you today. All right, guys. So that is going to wrap up our episode for this week on all things procrastination which if you're listening to and you're human and you have a beating heartbeat I know that you can relate to so utilize these tips don't be a passive listener use them put them into action in your life it is going to help you in so many aspects not just fitness but even with your work if you're in school with your homework your chores everything all right and with that being said we will see you in the next one bye guys